Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. episode of WA Expose, the podcast about local arts by local artists. As always, I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the immense privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Noongar Budja. Today we have a duo who have created an iconic fringe world show hitting the stage this summer. One half of this team has produced, directed and performed in an award-winning show for Fringe World Perth, Critical Best WA Circus of 2019, toured in Ireland with Tumble Circus and performed in the Perth Festival commissioned show Leviathan, a collaboration between Circa, Circus Maxima, Circus WA and CO3. He is also the Circus WA Academy Troupe Director. The second half of this duo grew up in Perth before spending the first few years of his circus career teaching and performing in Europe. Some highlights include performing on Britain's Got Talent, the champions, as part of their group introductory act in Wembley Stadium at Glastonbury Festival with London Circus Company Upswing. Since returning to Perth, he has performed with various Perth companies, including Strut Dance, Steamworks, Circus Maxima and Flip Tees. Together, this results in Acrobatch, a WA circus company that loves to share their excitement for circus with others. Acrobatch's beginning started with a decade of friendship that evolved into an artistic collaboration based on mutual appreciation of contemporary circus, humour and each other's skill sets. Acrobatch aims to share honest, entertaining stories with their audiences and loves connecting with communities through their shows, performances and workshops. Your next opportunity to catch them is at their Fringe World 2024 season of Appeasing Nurgle. After all that talking, it's my turn to shut up and give the mic over to Ben and Simon. How are you both? Well. Yeah, great. Yeah? Okay, good. Great start. <laughs> Had a good New Year's. Good Christmas. Oh, Chrissy. there we go. That's a good way to get things moving. Yeah, um, kind of feeling relaxed. Oh, that's really scary. Why? I don't understand that. Well, well that's weird that's for Simon. Really I know, it is. Well, I had two days off in between, or maybe three even, between <laughs> Christmas and New Year, which before Christmas is very busy. Wow. <laughs> yep. And artists having time off over a holiday period makes no sense to me at all. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, you've got to plan four years before you do it. Yeah, well, it might be physical time off, but there's always the the admin and yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff you have to do. Actually, putting your phone down is a completely different story. What, what what's that? What is like, that? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> do you remember we used to have this idea of office hours where it's just like, oh yeah, I'll answer my emails between this time and this time, and now it's just like, no, I'm going to send you a DM at five thirty in the morning. Hi, guilty. That is. I idea. feel like your <laughs> office hours are. As terrible as mine. Yeah, mine are really, really crap. I have this idea that if I get to people really early in the morning, then they don't have to answer, but I'll be the first thing like sitting in their inbox. Yeah, nice. When they finally do roll over and they'll be like, I hate this bitch, but I'm going to answer her email (laughs) so she goes away. So I feel like I'm slightly better with Simon that I just am able to leave my phone. (laughs) Frustrating to Simon sometimes, but (laughs) yeah, I can just leave it and not answer stuff for a while. Get rid of it. I love that. All right. So um, why, for each of you can answer individually, but why circus? Ben? Oh. 
Okay, fine. Ben? No, um, just, let's just like say names for the next 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You answer. No, yeah. you answer. Yeah. Sarah? Um, <laughs> I thought we'd go alphabetically. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Because um, it's awesome. I mean, Great. I started with theatre stuff before I did circus, and I was really into that. Like, I really loved plays and music theatre. Uh, and then a friend of mine was doing circus stuff, like silk stuff in a dance show, and mm. I was really intrigued, and I was like, oh you know, where do you do this? And he said, oh, down at the circus school in Fremantle. And I went there and then I think the more I got into it, the more the challenge of the physical, like the physical challenges associated with performing was mm. just very tempting, you know, to, to be able to be on stage and have a really good physical challenge, but then be able to perform at the same time. Um, a circus friend once said doing an aerial act is like, someone who's running a hundred meters and just waving at the audience <laughs> at the same time. And I kind of like that, that yeah, analogy because it is like very physically demanding, but at the same time you have to be present in the space and be performing. And yeah, I really like that challenge of it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like sort of the ability to one up yourself at every single turn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, and al also the, all the training that has to go into it, you know, mm. it's like juggling is a perfect example. You know, you yeah. meet people and they go, Oh, I could never juggle. And it's like, well, Maybe if you put the hours in, you'd, you'd be able to juggle. Absolutely. And, uh, I say yeah. the same thing about singing all the time. It's like, yeah, you can. You, just, you have to do it. Exactly, A right. bunch, and you have to suck a lot. <laughs> yeah. Especially with singing. People think, you no, know. No, especially with juggling. Oh, my God. You have to suck so much. <laughs> True. But at least juggling, I know, once people get that first bit, they go, oh, yeah, we can do this. People seem to think singing's like, you can do it or you can't. It's like, no, that's that's not true at all. It's nuts because you probably do it all the time. It's like one of the things that you – like juggling it's not like, oh, that's okay because I actually <laughs> juggle in my off time. Like I juggle in the shower, I juggle yeah. in the car, but I don't juggle like in front of people. Yeah. The singing people right. are already doing it in other locations. <laughs> what's, what's your <laughs> – The look is what I don't understand. I was what's like, the, you juggle in the shower? Yeah, absolutely. Like, what's your juggling shower <laughs> pattern? <laughs> yeah, completely. Showers in the shower. Oh, no. Ooh. That's a, a juggling trick called the shower. Oh. Yeah. I brought some juggling balls. I can show you if you want. Oh, fantastic. Great. Cool content already created <laughs> yeah. for me. I love that. Always good to bring a visual thing to an audio platform mm. where people can't see. And what we'll do is you'll juggle and we'll just go, oh my God, they're juggling 700 things right now. I wish you could see it. If you want to see the 700 <laughs> things that Ben can juggle, you'll have to buy a ticket yeah. to our show and oh, hope that he comes. And be very <laughs> disappointed. What about for yourself, Si? Um, I, I think what drew me in about circus was the community. Mm. I was studying politics at the time and I had no flexibility or strength or any foundation in gymnastics or anything. And going for the mental strength. <laughs> no, no flexibility can <laughs> confirm. <laughs> Very much none. Um, and I was like, I went to a circus festival in Carrydale, the WA Circus Festival. Mm. Uh, which is happening very soon, actually, to yep. anyone that's listening. Which would have happened in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I went along there and I was like, wow, this community of people is so lovely. Mm. And the politics community, I was like, I'm not so into this. Oh, so interesting that they're not as nice. <laughs> I know. Shocking for everyone. I really um, thought people would be my friend. It turns out, no. <laughs> I just don't like their views. Like, <laughs> just seem a bit mean. Um yeah, so I was studying that and I fell into this festival and I was like, wow, everyone's really lovely. And I guess that was what really drew me in. I was like, you I want to work. Said it. What dragged you to that festival? Because it's quite a unique space. Um, I had a friend who I knew. Uh, I met her at 
a music gig and she had been going, she was like, she'd been there since the first one. Her mum had like wow. kind of helped set it all up with the event organiser, mm. Fat Matt. And she was like, you should come. And to this day, there's a part of me that's like, I think she was not, like, I don't think she expected me to come. Right. But I was like, that sounds great. And off I went. And Yeah. So it was I like guess. a reprise and an escape and then it went, oh, I've got to actually make this what I do forever. I mean, yeah, it took a little bit of time between going to the first one being like, this is really fun to mm. being like, I want to do this as a career. There was like definitely a few years where I didn't like actively go down that route. Mm. But yeah, I think what drew me in was like the really supportive, friendly community. Yeah. Um, and And then also the appeal of being physical. Like I like keeping fit and mm-hmm. active and healthy and I guess that physical challenge is really appealing to me as well so yeah, yeah. kind of the combination of the two and in the gap between um going and seeing something that obviously like ticked something in your brain that went oh I like this, this is yummy um and actually diving into it were you sort of dabbling in and out or was there like a very definite switch moment for you oh no no I was spending like two years trying to touch my toes at that point <laughs> Where are we at now with the toe touching? Uh, they're they're pretty good. <laughs> I like, just yeah, they're my, there. <laughs> yeah, he like lick them. <laughs> <laughs> you said no flexibility. I believed you. Yeah, no, oh, not now. <laughs> yeah, like significantly more flexible now. But yep. like juggling and singing, you kind of just have to do it every day. Yeah, completely. Can I also just say we've talked a lot about being like the physical, the physical challenges, which are kind of like yeah we like that mm. there's also the case that sometimes we can have people stand on our shoulders and do things we can run 15 meters 15 meters and be like <laughs> and there's a certain yeah. amount of cardio which you know there's some fitness which is good for circus some which we're not very good at so <laughs> yeah it's a very specific uh style of strength that you i guess I don't know anything about fitness, so I don't know why I'm going to say this. Um, I'm going to do it anyway. It's my show. (laughs) But I feel like there's like, it wouldn't be something that like a PT could just be like, great, cool. And if you do these exercises, you know, you'll be able to hold like 10 people on your head and it'll be fine. Like there's not like, it's got to be a very like, you've really got to get into the scene to understand like what's required of your body and how to build that. Yeah, it's def. I'd say more of the strength in gymnastics Mm. and those kind. Even even to some extent, dance as well is more tangible to circus. Funny you talk about the PTs. I was in Ireland once teaching some handstands. This is like eight years ago, and these all these like really fit buff PTs came in. Mm. Like they their lower core strength was awful. Yeah, big arms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, like oh, we want to do some handstands. It's like, well, you kind of need a good core to do that because you need to hold yourself, and they couldn't do it. It was yeah. amazing. Have they you, have big um, arms. They should be able to hold because exactly. big arms, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you've seen like sometimes on Instagram will show me like random things and like mm. one of the things that popped up was like the weightlifters that get like dragged to like a ballet class and you just watch them trying to be like, oh, I can't lift my leg. Oh, I yeah. can't do it. Like <laughs> I can't jump. Oh, hop. Oh. Um, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I feel like it's such a specific strength, like Ben says, which yeah. is like not built by just pumping weights in the gym or like, yeah. Totally. And you both talked about like finding that element of creating strength really like fulfilling, especially at the beginning of the career where it's just like, oh, I wonder how I can make my body do the next shape, do the next maneuver, do the next like strength pulling thing. Um, How does that like transform from doing and ticking boxes in terms of tricks to like actively choreographing routines and acts and shows? 
a lot, so a lot of the choreographing is limited. This is actually something I really like about it. So you train for ages and you get mm. certain skills. Yeah. Um, and then you're kind of limited as to what skills you can do. But then also it means that the more you train, the more you can update your shows and your choreography in that mm. way. Um, obviously, you couldn't just do skills for 45 minutes straight. That that would destroy you. No, but everyone loves the splits. Like <laughs> Everyone loves the splits. We, talk, we talked about having an act called Splits for Claps at one point because yep. it might sell. It might sell. It would sell. It genuinely would sell. I think, I think artistically it would destroy me. Yeah. <laughs> I say it jokingly, obviously. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really interesting. The choreography is definitely linked to your capabilities as well. Mm. You know, it's And sometimes it is frustrating because you'll have this, like, idea in your mind about yeah we're going to do this skill and it's going to do that and then you know sometimes we've had this sometimes where Simon will say oh can we try this thing is this mental and I go yeah that that kind of is and then (laughs) we give it a go and then it's like yeah we can't do this because it's just too hard or we don't have the skills or it's physically not possible. Talking about out there ideas that you often come up with and bring to the table is there a point where like your artistic vision for a show or for an act kind of like crosses over with like your physical ability to do something or is it just like okay we're going to modify to make it work I think there's so many different ways that people approach like creating stuff Mm. so like I feel for me it's probably a lot about kind of which skills fit together some people have a bit more like of a visual they can really see the images that they want I know that Ben is really good at being like ah this image would be like how I kind of mm-hmm. want want that to look and things like that. Other people I feel like have a theme and kind of work around. So there's like a few different, I guess, ways where those kinds of two things can intersect. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like there's definitely, yeah, there's definitely been points where I'm like, yeah, they these have matched up. There's definitely been points where I'm <laughs> like, oh, we have to redefine the expectations for what we were <laughs> hoping to do. It's so like, it's, yeah, it's a, Bit of a balance. Okay. Ooh, balancing. <laughs> Another thing that we both do. Oh that would be a segue if that was where I was going next, but it's not because I doubt a different question. Look, Simon's balancing something on his nose. <laughs> right now. No, oh my not, gosh, yeah. it's not even hitting the microphone. Yeah. Amazing wow. stuff. Wow. <laughs> I can even talk and balance at the same time, guys. Like okay. <laughs> perfectly straight into the microphone, but balancing. Now he's doing a handstand on one finger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good. Keep rubbing your face against the microphone. That that isn't showing up at all on my waveform. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in the creation of obviously appeasing Nurgle, which is coming to Fringe World uh, right now, probably um, more than likely, it is. Um, is it more about like the storyline o- that overarch from like the creative perspective of like obviously it's got like very strong themes to it. I'm trying to talk about it without being too spoilery about it as well. Um, but also like is the, the transitions between each of the tricks that is more difficult tricks, um, skills, I would like prefer to say, um, that is more difficult to come up with because it's like, okay, I want to do this juggling. I want to do like this stand. It's like, okay, but how do we get from this guy over here to this guy over here? Like what's the bridge? Mm-hmm. I don't think any of that made sense, but I'd like oh, to no, think I, it did. <laughs> I actually, I totally got what you mean. Great. Cool. Um, I Someone actually, has to. So this is actually something that I, I'm really interested in, in circus. Um, and that's to, I, I, I like, I, I think about it functionally. It's like, how do you, like sometimes you have a cabaret, right? And it's just the Mm. MC being like, the next act is going to be this. And then they do it. And there's no link. I really love the idea of these shows where there's kind of some 
reason for things going in some direction. And I kind of almost classify it as circus theatre. Mm. And Appeasing Nurgle is definitely what I would say is in that in that category. Like we have an overarching story. We've got scenes. There's, you know, it's not, it's not a complicated story. It's not like a, a full play. But, mm. you know, we start at a certain point. We end at a certain point, And there is a journey throughout that. And we try to make all of the circus skills fit that narrative as much as possible. Um, so again, yeah, not not to give too much away, spoilers. But you know, <laughs> at some point, it's because we're all. Ba- it's kind of kind of very cabin fever esque, and we're inside and locked in. And at one point, we play with the idea of home workouts, and then that's the acro that Simon and I do, where we do a bit of partner acrobatics, and yeah, it's all very stupid. Like there's some kind of stupid weightlifting in there, and we lift each other as weights and that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's some really interesting different parts in there. Did you look at like, okay, here's all the different skills we want to showcase. How do we put them in order and storyboard them that way? Or did you go like, here's the story. What um, acts make the most sense within this context? Which way did it go? I feel like we definitely had more skills. Like we were all kind of training together. Mm. The show is, for anyone who doesn't know, with a third uh, circus artist called Luke. We oh, don't, who's don't, here with us today but refuses to talk. We don't, we don't talk about Luke. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah. too, he's too good a juggler. He's too, yeah, very much so. He is yeah. a very good juggler. Always hire um, people that are better than you. That's like my number. <laughs> 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 That's like my motto. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think we ha- we'd all been training together for uh, about a year, I reckon, maybe beforehand, just jamming out. And we had mm. an act that we had together, like the Men in Black Act. Yeah. Um, Oh, another spoiler, well, no, sorry not guys. Not a spoiler, because that, that just really says a theme song. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you wedge that in? You might ask. <laughs> Come I, see the show. Yeah, I do ask. <laughs> I asked when I was watching it, how did we get here? I'm not mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, um, we'd all been kind of training together for a year. And so I guess our repertoire together, if you're trying to keep everyone on stage together at the same time is like very set or not very set but if you if you want everyone to be involved for the whole time you kind of roughly know what is and isn't possible at that point and is then it just because more bodies take up more space or what what's the thought behind that um and like well we know what luke can do and we know what each other can do and yeah. if we're all going to be doing it together then and we don't want to like leave someone out just on the side for a little bit it's very kind of easy to know what is and isn't doable yeah. for by and large and then we can't ben did a great job of kind of workshopping the story around these kinds of acts uh, that we kind yeah. of like oh we could mm. do this bit here and mm-hmm. this bit like kind of there and then he kind of structured it all very nicely <laughs> it got changed um <laughs> a little bit yeah we so we definitely started with a concept of what we kind of wanted the show to be about and then we kind of took it back to what skills we had and then how those skills would fit inside that concept. So, yeah, I, I think from what you're saying, it's definitely an approach from both ways. Yeah. Probably in terms of the actual circus skills themselves, that was more so from what we could do, like our capabilities, and then from all of the little bits in between, that was more from the, okay, well, what do we want the show to look like you know, from a creative point of view? It's really exciting. The final thing that I hope isn't too much a spoiler, just tell me cut it out if it is, um, that something that really grasped me when I was seeing it at the Belmont Imaginarium last year was 
there were all these moments of like height and movement and excitement and activity, which is what you almost expect from circus shows, which is fantastic. What I really liked in Appeasing Nurgle was like the contrast to stillness because there would be these moments of like, we are now still and you're listening to a very important track, which is going to help us transition into the next part of the story. But like, so what, what, what track are you talking about? I'm, I'm trying really hard <laughs> to you not are, give you it are away. Doing great. Yeah. As it's but I wanted to talk about stillness in circus because I feel like it's a device that may not be used as much. Is it something that was like we are deliberately going still, or was it like no, that the track's just too funny? Everybody's just got to stop and listen for a second. I, I think it is the the fact that the track is very funny, yes. but al- but also I you're 100 percent right. That stillness stuff is really really powerful in mm. circus, and you see this with you know if you're like in theater or sometimes in circus when they have like freeze frames and you know you maybe one person's moving and everyone's really still. It really draws that focus, and I think yeah, I mean the fact that within that scene, I think really the only thing to change is our faces, and we really wanted to highlight that. Because it is a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous track. Let's be <laughs> honest. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We definitely heard that track and kind of found a way to put the track into the show, and that was kind of how we we didn't want to pull focus from it because it's too good not to. Not a bad moment to be like maybe we'll catch our breath for thirty five point five seconds mm. actually as well. Yeah. <laughs> also that. Well, well, funny you say that because this show <laughs> is. Such a walk <laughs> walk in the park compared to other shows. Ah, uh, really? Uh, like physically, you mean? You know, if we had to do a double show day, mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be fine. Whereas our other show, Down Rebound, which we've done the last couple of years, we did Adelaide Fringe this, last year now, um, just insane. Like we finished that show, and I think I think we finished the show with nine minutes of ro- aerial rope, oh. where I'm basing oh. Simon and he's basing me, and it's just we get down, we finish the show, and we are dripping like head to toe just covered in adelaide it was like i think they just had a heat wave for the one week our show was on oh good and (laughs) we're like climbing up to the top of the rope i think it was about 36 degrees outside and it was like pointy conical tent and we're like which is all made out of plastic so it's just sweat city inside of those oh my god it was such a sort of like bikram circus (laughs) it was we were starting something there actually (laughs) (laughs) we're starting a cult right now yeah <laughs> yeah, stuff the creativity stuff. <laughs> we need Bikram Circus. We do. We're going to start a small cult about just being really sweaty and going upside down, which is, you know, people would join that. People would actually do that. Probably, yeah. So is it um, a different level of commitment when it comes to appeasing Nurgle than where it's more of an emotional commitment to the story and the plot over this, like, very demanding skill-based, like, physical commitment to your other shows? Uh, I feel like it's still technically difficult but it's just less physically difficult because it's more juggling and less aerials and Uh, acrobatics like so you have to be like switched on and you have to practice but you're not like oh my god my core worked so hard you're Mm. like oh i dropped the thing whoops (laughs) yeah our other show is is very theater circus as well yeah so like we uh, we come out, for example, Simon stands on my shoulders for two minutes and when we introduce each other and we talk about kind of our fears and our friendship and uh, our, our issues with circus and our injuries and stuff, it's very real. Like mm. we, we very much let the audience behind the scenes, which is very different to this show. Yes, yeah, yeah. this one's got like a, a mental aptitude and focus to it. We're not, like, not so much like emotional energy draining and physical energy draining, but like juggling's really hard. <laughs> juggling's so hard. It is pretty, yeah. <laughs> 
And and you still have to concentrate. St- I still have to concentrate on what I'm saying. You're probably gonna be like, oh my thumb. I worked it. So- <laughs> I worked my thumb so much. Owie. It's like owie. The next, yeah. But the next day, when I woke up the next day, I couldn't move it. <laughs> yeah, can't give people thumbs up. <laughs> you know, fun fact um, that did actually happen to Ben once. He couldn't give people thumbs up for a while. Mm. Genuinely, not from juggling. Okay, not from juggling. Okay, from yeah. something else that we're just going to let people imagine. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think it was mountain biking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm actually glad you clarified it because I'm sure people are thinking of disgusting, yeah. really bad, not good thoughts the at old all. Circus thumb up the. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and with that, we're going to go to our first break, um, which is just an excuse for me to take a drink. So I'll see you all in a second. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We're back. I'm still deemed, 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 joined. Hey, Dean. Hi, deemed. I'm deemed. <laughs> I'm deemed unlistenable. Um, <laughs> I'm still joined what by... What was in that drink? <laughs> water. I swear. You're the one that said coffee. Um, <laughs> yeah. High five. Um, <laughs> good job. It's I'm very just early. joined by Acrobat. No, what are you talking about? It's the middle of the day. <laughs> so I'm still joined by Acrobat and everything we just said then is absolutely nothing to do with anything which is really helpful um and before we went to break we were talking about like the different elements that make up a pc nurgle your incredible show which is coming to fringe world more than likely as we speak right now um you should go see it i will put the dates and everything you need in the show notes um but i wanted to talk a bit more broadly since you've both like traveled and had like different performance experiences but also a lot of similar performance experiences what is your sense on the art scene in western australia right now uh, I think it's quite exciting because it feels like there's a lot of possibilities. Um, I feel like oh, I didn't kind of start my career here. I started in the UK and in Europe and it was really nice to come home and be able to have so many opportunities relative to over there, which you wouldn't think so. Yeah, you'd almost think the opposite. Yeah, but... I feel like there's a lot more for me that happened here. Maybe it's just like where you're at at the point. And like, I feel yeah. like if you're not tip top, top of your game, like it's like a little bit, com- it's it's a lot competitive over there. Mm. And it's a bit more uh, emerging friendly and like a bit more welcoming when you're like starting out here, which is really exciting. Did and you it's have like quite a few emerging shows, like specifically like car- that cast emerging and like mid-career 
um, performance artists here, I found, yeah. Yeah, and it felt like there was a lot of support for us when we were starting out, which was really nice. So it feels like there's a lot of um, support and opportunities here if you're willing to, like, look into it and put in the work and, like, try and make something of it. But you just have to want to do it. And it didn't feel like that at that level over there. So that is definitely something that I love about the Perth arts community or the WA arts community, for Mm. sure. It's very small pond. You know, it's like we have a lot of circus artists who grow up and through Perth and then they just go over to Melbourne. Yeah. Because there's just so much more – well, there's more opportunity in terms of, like, training over there Mm. and and training higher skills. But actually it's funny because when I talk to a lot of uh, Victorian artists or even artists who are just based there – you talk about the rates here and you talk about a lot of that stuff. And genuinely, it's better here just because... Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. just because there's... like, And that's ev- that's across the board. That's teaching circus, that's performing work, that's everything. Um, so it's quite interesting. I mean, obviously, when you start getting into like the, the tours and you start going with mm. the, the kind of... With, like the awards rate stuff, then that's all standardised across Australia. Yeah. But yeah, just in terms of the day-to-day stuff, it's better here. But I think that's the small pond thing. And, you know, there's... Less people here, so then they can charge a little bit more. Yeah, I wonder if it's also got something to do with the fact that our communities are still relatively small and we all, quote-unquote, know, and if not know, but know of uh, each other enough to be like, well, you can't you can't immediately fuck over them. You can't mm. be like, I'm going to give you $25 for you to do like the most dangerous thing that you can possibly do because the word will spread so quickly and you just won't be able to keep hiring people. It just yeah. won't work. And And I've definitely been a part of... I've been around when companies have kind of started to do mm. that. And it, yeah, it does kind of go out pretty quick, you know, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, when I first, actually, when I first started performing was with one of those companies ah. and I didn't know any different, you know, yeah, of course. I, you know, I'm just first coming in and it was like, yeah, you get this bit of money to do this thing. And I was like, this is amazing. pay me, oh my God. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then you do it and then all the other people say, oh yeah, that's about like half the rate which yeah. you would expect or less. And you're like, holy moly, yeah. that's nuts. And then you find out that that's kind of what they do. They go in and they find students who are keen to perform but not quite at that performance level and they just charge them out for way less. Yeah. Oh my, no, that happens in, I think, most artistic industries mm. as well, unfortunately, where it's just sort of like, hi, I'm going to assume you don't know things. Yeah. And therefore, I'm going to not like take advantage. But if I don't tell you what you could be earning or what you could possibly be worth, then I haven't technically lied to you. But yeah. I'm not not lied. <laughs> and, it, and it is a fine line, right? Because yeah. obviously new people have to come and you have to give them opportunities. Mm. Um, I just think there's a there's a good way to manage that because you don't want to you don't want to fuck over the existing performers and yeah. you know but then the industry is growing. I mean we're finding that like even just getting on people for random work that we do and you know I or teaching workshops or whatever it is. Mm. It's like oh it's actually good to have more people that are available for that because if two people go away sometimes you can be stuffed. And yeah. you don't want to be in that situation. The whole circus school goes down because somebody's gone, I went on tour. Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah, that, right. Yeah. That happens mm. kind of. Every, it used to happen every winter and I feel like it might be building back up to like. I don't think it happens like, as much anymore. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I hope oh, I'll call Circus yeah. W at Alaska. <laughs> yeah. Don't, I mean, don't, don't tell Joe I talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I won't post this then. <laughs> 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 I guess this isn't going on the internet. <laughs> yeah. 
No record of the conversation at all. <laughs> <laughs> Always the metadata. Yeah. What, what were you saying about this being an evergreen yeah. podcast evergreen. as well? Relevant, relevant forever? No. Um, it, well, people's rates of pay for new and upcoming artists is always like a topic of contention, I think, mm. definitely. Um I mean, especially since like it's always consistently changing for the established performers and as it changes for those who are established, you've sort of got to turn around and go, okay, this means you've also got to up it by 50 bucks. Thank you. Yeah. Um, in circus, there's also another added layer on top of that that's just sprung to my mind, which is, of course, the safety element that's attached to it as well. As a brand new or upcoming performer, what would like be your advice to them in terms of like what they should look out for as they first start gigging? I feel like always ask questions and always ask questions to people you trust mm. about like what the rate would be and like kind of if something doesn't feel like quite right I think find people in the industry that you know are experienced and have done it before and just just literally just be really upfront and be like hey like this is the deal this is what I've been offered this is what they've said does that seem right for you like I, there are definitely people out there that are willing to help because mm. not being safe kind of jeopardizes everyone and like absolutely like insurance goes up and like less people book circus then and it's such an important thing and someone gets hurt obviously yeah. that goes without <laughs> saying as well like we don't yeah. want people you don't care about that do you Simon? <laughs> no but wow. i care about my insurance going <laughs> up come on <laughs> We don't, we don't have insurance. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. <laughs> this is never going online. <laughs> Why would you say that? But that's actually just on what Simon was saying. It's actually true. Back about five years ago, um, I was through the circus school, actually. They kind of suggested like a young artist who had just kind of turned 18, 19, and she mm. was an aerial artist. And uh, some filmographer wanted to do some filming on the beach of like an aerial thing on okay. the, near this jetty. Anyway, so I was engaged as the rigger to put up this aerial rig. Mm. Um, and Can you I just quickly, for people who don't know, describe like what rigging technically uh, involves? Yeah, so for an aerial rig, usually it's like a, a freestanding structure. Imagine like, like a, imagine a little pyramid of poles that you put up and then you can rig equipment to the top of that and then mm. and you can put it up kind of anywhere really. Yeah. As and long then as weigh them down at the base depending as well. Yeah, well there's, depending on the design of the rig, yeah. sometimes you peg them, otherwise sometimes you can attach wires between the feet because the way it's designed is that as the weight comes in, it pushes the legs out. Mm. I feel like I'm getting into too much detail. No, I like it because yeah. all the rigs that I've had to work with are like just as the soundtrack for the person on the rig. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we've put them in like the middle of the ocean and stuff before and sandbagged them down. Yeah. So, so I find it fascinating and uh, this is really for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we can have another rigging podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the intricacies. And anyway, um, and I talked to her afterwards and I said, oh, yeah, so, you know, how much are you getting paid? And she was like, oh, I charge them $30 an hour. And I was like, what? Why would you do that? Mm. Oh, I, I, I went online and I tried to look up the award rate for like, and, I, and I, it was just like, you should have talked to someone because, yeah. you know, for a photo shoot for an hour or something, you should at least be getting like, I don't know, ballpark figure, you know, at least $300 or yeah. more, you know, minimum as an aerialist. And like, you know, that's literally going up on a beach, wearing a costume, like, yeah, mm. it was just, it was just nuts. Yeah. And the fact that she was charging $30 an hour, it was just it was outrageous, and yeah. it, and that's so Simon. As if you were like like making like not the, it, making coffee is like a different thing, but you probably are engaged in like being a barista for eight hours, whereas it's like this photo shoot, the engagement period is technically an hour, which doesn't account for any of the warm up time, any of the setup time, or any of the pack down time afterwards. It's not good. Also, it's a lot easier to hurt yourself Absolutely. on an aerial hoop than it is making coffee. <laughs> uh, like what? I just feel like it there is? should. Be, I think that's the thing as well for circus that I'm um, like a lot of people who book it don't realize or don't. Mm. like 
forget about or kind of just want to overlook. It's like they don't want to pay the danger fee is kind of what I call it. And it's like, mm. yeah, if I'm just standing around in a costume, Me, standing yes. on the ground, <laughs> like like not like just, just handing something out or, for, or totally, just like yeah. talking to people, I'm like that is a very different kind of level of risk to, oh, I'm four metres in the air mm. hanging by my hands. And people who are booking that really need to like – acknowledge that yeah I feel like the conversation has really changed from being like the risk that the artist is taking to engage in their performance art versus the risk that the venue is taking or the risk that the company that's hiring you mm. is taking being like I'm making taking a risk because what if you fall on someone else like yeah that would hurt me as well yeah <laughs> I would also be there they're like well, we get really caught up in the idea of like what insurance level do you have to cover the damage you make to the venue it's like what about the damage to me and my body and my mental health in like this spectrum as well. I feel like we've sort of pushed that to the side a little bit in these conversations. We definitely find that different clients are supportive in different ways. Mm. You know, like some sometimes it's just, oh, we don't care, do your thing. And it's exactly <laughs> what, you're, what, what you're describing. And then other times it's very much, you know, we'll message them and say, well, hey, actually we flagged this thing and this thing. And mm. they're just like, yep, you manage it as best as you can within your safety. So, it, right. yeah, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say that everybody is along the lines of, not caring that and I and I'd like to think that more people care once you flag it but mm. yeah do you have you found that like um venues are getting more or venues producers companies whatever are getting more responsive to like different things that you are flagging as like the community grows as well it's like as we learn more as a community maybe um you can say no I would I say <laughs> I don't I don't really know because I feel like I'm in quite a privileged position at the moment to not work with venues that don't prioritise safety. And, like, mm. there's definitely been, like, people that – or client, not clients, but inquiries that we've had come through that haven't wanted to pay those fees. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. But you can't afford to pay for our safety and yeah. we don't want to go ahead with that. And we've got, got a little document and we've got, like, a little thing that we send to people out that is just like, oh, this is why it costs this much. This mm. is what – what you're paying for and it factors in that there's insurance and it factors in that they've spent five years doing this thing. Yeah. And it's okay if you don't want to pay that, but we not we're not in a position to subsidize that cost for you. Oh, completely. I actually love that I kind of love hate that that document has to exist because part of me is like, what a great way to assist in the education of people so that more people are aware that the risk that artists put themselves at. And the other part of me is like, I'm so sick of justifying my feet of people yeah. <laughs> all the time, consistently being like, well, yeah, it's that this many degrees and that this much of this so that you're also having to, and all of you asked me to write something from scratch. So I'd actually have to do that at a different time. Like the idea of having to consistently justify your work as an artist and like your fee as an artist is very draining. Mm. Yeah. I don't understand like, why that happens so much in the arts versus mm. like no one would think it would be okay to go into a random store and be like, can I negotiate on this price? Totally. Like, yeah. Well, it's like, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe in a store, but like I used to work as an engineer be mm. before my days of being a circus artist. And that was, you know, like they would charge out these mad rates and that would be for, as you said before, like eight hours a day. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, okay. That's just fine. You know, yeah. and sometimes we'd be like, oh, that's a little bit much, less hours, but the hourly rate would never be challenged. Mm. It's just Plus like, you're adding like a 25% loading on top of it, which is just like your yeah, yummy bit. Like exactly, <laughs> right. And then it's like, you know, let's try and squeeze as much as yeah. we can out of the artists. Mm -hmm. um, going back to what you were saying before about 
th- I think there is also a little bit of a lack of understanding about what circus artists need in terms of the mm. technical requirements. We've definitely had a few gigs where two two popped to mind in Adelaide last year. Hilarious, just cabarets <laughs> that were like, "Yeah, come, like, come do this thing," and we we're like, "Great, we'd, we'd love circus." I may have already heard about them. They, right, they yeah. were that full on, yeah, yeah. And it's just like you get there, and then the the roof height is basically about thirty centimeters lower than this roof. Mm. It's like thirty <laughs> centimeters above our head on the stage, oh. and it's like, what what are we supposed to do here? <laughs> and then another one, we were sharing it with a DJ desk, and it would have been about the width of this table, so it's at like about a meter, just over a meter and a half. Sure. And you're like, well, we can't perform here like we need you know and, and so i think there is a bit of a lack of understanding and this has happened in perth as well of course where people just don't really get that you need space or friction or height or all this stuff what would you think like besides having to consistently have those conversations with people on almost in like a revolving door sense Whereas like you finish one chat with somebody and somebody else is asking the same bloody question again or you show up to a venue and yet again, even though you've specified like minimum ceiling requirements and minimum like rigging structures that you need and it still isn't being met. What are the things that we can do that you think would help like fix this problem? Probably, I guess, I guess the most important one is like supporting other companies that make the same calls, I think is like a huge one. Like Ah. if, if someone has gone and been like, oh, I don't, I didn't rig here because they don't have a two-ton required rigging point for human load or, like, it's not yep. signed off. It's really shit when, like, another company goes, oh, yeah, I can do that. Like, Yeah, the undercut, yeah. Yeah, like, and it doesn't happen too often in Perth. But, mm. like, like, or sometimes you don't even know. Like, oh, completely. It, like, it, does, yes. it does happen. It does, it does happen. happen. It, it does totally happen. Happens. But, like, so, um, like, obviously a venue that's, like, so determined to have it in is not going to mm. go – oh, excuse me, would you do this job? We've already been rejected by four other companies, but we'd love you to... They're not, yeah. they're not having that disclosure, but sometimes companies do know. And it's, it's, just, it's just hard, like, to, to um, be better as an industry when people are making those decisions. I think it's very, it's very peace and love, but I, yeah. I think that... I think if all the companies were able to not have those barriers of talking to each other and be able to say like, oh, hey, we're about to do this thing. I know you did it a couple of months ago. And rather than the company that's being asked the question thinking, okay, well, this is competition. This is Mm. challenge. Really looking at it and going, okay, well, you've been asked to go in there. I'll give you some words of advice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just because, yeah, it's what Simon's saying is exactly right. It's the companies that come in and they don't have any of those conversations. It's like the the, the new kids, you know, like the people who come up. I was just up, thinking about that, yeah. They don't ask the question to the older performers, maybe because they're like, oh, I'm scared they're going to, you know, bat me off or just say like, oh, you're t- taking my work. But really it's like if you have that conversation, you have better information, you mm. can make better informed decisions. So it's really just an expansion of that new kids thing because like as experienced performers, if a new kid asks you something and you don't go, oh, great, I'm going to message that producer see if I can take that gig off of them because that would be cruel. Like that would be quite a rude thing to do to a singular person. But as we expand to like from company to company, those chats are sort of you don't really think about that overlap where it's like, okay, well, if I can ask as a new person to a more experienced person, why can't a newer company or a company that just hasn't gone into that space yet ask the question of a, a company that's been there before? Yeah, um, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. Also, doesn't really feel like there's much in terms of like apart from asking. Like, there's no like, obviously for like touring and stuff. You can always ask Circuit West, and to be fair, Circuit West are really great for totally. most inquiries. Yeah. But I don't feel like there's someone like government or not, which people can know to just message and ask those questions mm. if there's not 
an entertainment or like artistic company that like they don't feel comfortable asking. Oh, independent, like, independent arts need a union. Because <laughs> yeah. it can't be up to Circuit West. I don't know if a union's even the right word, but it can't be up to Circuit West to like bear the burden of having to have all of that knowledge all yeah. the time just because they're the ones that it, that fund and organise so many different touring opportunities for us. Yes. I mean, they're the CAPT, but even... They're uh, hard to uh, get TNA. a response from. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, and they're so not WA specific because totally. they're everywhere. Mm. Like, it feels like yeah. ideally each state would have mm. some sort of... Can't go to and be like, what's up with the record bite? They'd be like, what well, the who? Yeah. The yeah, <laughs> yeah well, exactly. <laughs> like, they'll just have no idea. So it feels like there needs to be some sort of, in each state, ideally, some sort of organisation that just deals with all of these things that you can ask those questions to if you're not, if you're a new performer and mm. you just have no idea. Or even if you're an experienced performer and you have no idea. Yeah. Like, or it's you just, just want to double check. No idea. You have no yeah. idea. It doesn't matter where or you're Or even, even half the ideas and you just want the other half. Like, yeah. that's, that's fine. Or if you just need somebody to confirm that the experiences that you've had match up with, like, the experience that the majority have had. Or, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, okay, I've had this individual experience at, here at this this venue and it was really positive, but everybody else has had a trash time. Then it's like, okay, well, maybe I need to weigh that up a little bit. But you wouldn't know that if all you've had is this one narrow experience. And vice versa, if you had a really bad time, mm. but everybody else has got rave reviews about something, then it's like, okay, I need to... Is it is it me or is it them kind of thing? Yeah. And it's like, it's really <laughs> helpful. Yeah, there, there was actually a really good thing that was done about maybe seven years ago now. And this person collated all this data across Australia called circus rates in Australia mm. and basically did like a little bunch of graphs talking about solo performance, group performance, whether Aerial, it's still fire, yeah, roving, yeah, wow. everything. And then correlated it with how often you perform and your how much experience you've got mm. and then put these really nice graphs together that basically say this is the average cost for this amount of experience you would charge. You know, this was the average amount and how many respondents there were for each section. It was great because it was just a good wow. reference point. Yeah. I reference it in my document that I yeah. send to people. Ah. I'm like, I'm like, these rates are based on the rates Probably of 60, research, 65 yeah. other companies nationwide. Yeah. It's like mm. just a really easy way to be like, yeah, mm. I've actually yeah. got more than just my arbitrary amount totally like and here's public line. available data that like backs up why i've said what i've said i don't yeah. tell them it's a facebook group because <laughs> <laughs> also the the award That's publicly available data <laughs> it's publicly available data though because the award rates are so much lower than that like yeah. in in the the mea uh, awards it well just they, don't, they don't take the danger thing into account no as well, yeah so. so yeah we we you know we're like level seven dancer it's like yeah what does that mean when i'm hanging by my ankles holding uh, on a mm. rope holding sign what it's does like that also mean when you had to get there four hours prior to anything to starting because yeah. you had to warm up and also set up the rig yourself to be, yeah. like to be like fair they actually they have like a three hour window of, and i think it's like 200 and something dollars that they're like you should be charging this as a minimum mm. so like they kind of factor a little bit of that stuff mm. into account mm. or like yeah. but chances are i've spent more than three hours preparing something mm. if you yeah. like charge two of them <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna call you as my lawyer next time. <laughs> <laughs> what are the lawyer rates again simon uh yeah i'll, I'll get back to you higher? Yeah. are they higher should you have dropped out of L- politics is L- it yeah <laughs> lower we don't think yeah <laughs> Okay, so on we've talked so much about like art safety and circus and all of this incredible stuff that you are about to do with um, Appeasing Nurgle. Obviously, you're going to get it. If you're an audience member, the best thing that you can do right now is go and see Appeasing Nurgle because you don't have to pay any of the fees we just talked about. You just have to buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> really easy. Actually, your job's super, super straightforward.
straightforward. So can you tell us um, your dates for the Fringe World Festival? Or we can also pause if you need to pull out your phone. No, no, no. Uh, <gasps> I, Top we of the dome. are on every Saturday and Sunday from the 27th of January until the 11th of February. Amazing. Uh, we are in the State of Play program in the State Theatre Centre. And we're also in the Pleasure Gardens. So Ooh, double amazing. double hubs. <laughs> um, and you'll find uh, the details to that show and also just the links to Acrobatch's uh, Instagram page in our show notes today. And as always, if you like this show, you can like, rate, review, subscribe, etc. on whatever platform you're currently listening to. Or send us a message to waexposepod at gmail.com and we'll ask our next incredible guest. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a real treat. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you so much for having us. I'm going to show you that juggling now. Yeah. Okay, go to my Instagram. You're going to see some juggling. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> WA Expose is an independent production. Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA Expose. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.